Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life can be miserable, dark, and all that other jazz. Not jazz, but you know, anything. Anyway, we're here to bring you a little bit of joy, a little bit of light, and some hard rock. Uh, are we? I don't know. Hard rock, is that good for us? I don't know. Anyway, Stu, you're here. Save me. How you doing? I'm not too bad. Yeah, no, we're hard rock. Mostly a boost, and but you know, to quote the great philosopher Ronan Keating, life is a roller coaster, just gotta ride it. So, you know, that's where we are, really. Yes, that's it. Or the Bewitched People's Roller Coaster. That was always better. I preferred Bewitched. They done a roller coaster song. So did they? Uh, did, yeah. So did the Red Hot Chili Peppers for Beavis and Butthead. They did. They did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just, that. that's a weird aside. It is, yeah. All my fault as well. Um, so, yeah. <coughs> Talking of Beavis and Butthead, um, this is even a segue. Have they rebooted Beavis and Butthead with Beavis and Butthead as old men? I don't know. I know it's coming back, but I don't know what they're doing. Right, with okay. It. Uh, I just saw a clip on TikTok. And it was Beavis and Butthead, but they was both like I'd say old men, like middle aged. Yeah. In there, and like it's they went and like they got kind of tricked into getting married because they needed a. Um, a license for something so they got tricked into getting married but um like one of them was like like fat and balding and all, all, all stuff like that but they yeah they was kind of like kid of the hill style age but it was still beavis and butthead now i don't know if that was just a segment from like a part of one of the older ones or whether they're redoing beavis and butthead but as they would be aged now kind of thing i don't know but it was weird well, it's definitely coming back. I know that much, but I don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, God, it's worth keeping an eye on. What is... I, right, so Beavis and Butthead. Right, I know what Beavis and Butthead is. I still can't work out if it's good or not, even after all these many years. <laughs> it's a funny one because it was... It, it started with them being, like, taking the piss out of, like, MTV. MTV yeah, stuff, stuff weren't it? Yeah. It was like a mystery theatre... 3000 thing, which yeah. science theatre thing, word it in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it it, yeah. it was really unique and it worked really well. Um, whether you need a separate show, I don't know, but I don't know, yeah. Who's it's... it poking fun at, though? Who's it Who's it actually poking the fun at? Because it's, it's definitely one of those where it's got a message to it, but I can't work out who it's aiming it at or, you know, punching down or up to you know it's it's bizarre it's always been bizarre i think it's punching up because it's having a go at entitled teenage white lads in america who basically can just criticize and hate on everything and suffer no consequences but yeah they're they're weirdly likable i I, I don't i don't know but they're not they're they're abhorrent I watched, I can't remember what I watched the other day. I was watching something, uh, we was watching it, and uh, I was like, oh, we're watching that You, have you seen it? Or heard of I've it? I've heard on of Netflix. it, I've not seen it. Yeah. Right, I'm watching it, and I'm like, do you know what? I don't like any of the characters in this. They're all abhorrent people, and I think that's the point. They're all meant to be quite abhorrent people. And Beavis and Butthead are abhorrent. Right, you wouldn't want to be around them in real life or anything like that. But there's something likeable about them, and it really bugs me. Yeah, but I can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah, one of the things that's good about them is that they they kind of identify the way they do it is wrong and horrible, but they kind of identify things that are stupid. 
by being stupid themselves. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, they, they're lashing out at stuff that is crap and occasionally they're funny about it. Uh, it's just the way they go about it is abhorrent. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's been the Beef Pod of Buttcast. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could, Weird. could we be any more Gen X? You know? <laughs> it's like... Oh dear. No, don't 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 ever do that, Stu. Don't ever go down the friends room. <laughs> yeah, well that was yeah, that was a meta joke because obviously yeah. that we're the Gen X friends generation. Oh. Oh yeah, you never want to go full friends. No. <laughs> um talking of talking of aging like milk. Um <laughs> Video games, Stu. Yeah. Um, some of those age like They milk. really do. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to talk about it today, but um, we both got one to, to play that kind of ticks a few boxes in terms of PS1 low-poly visuals, but trying to do something new with it. Have you had a little play of Tartarus Key yet? I have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's interesting. very PS1. Yeah. In a good way. Yes. Yes, it feels like a PS1 game if PS1 games' graphics never, ever improved, but the uh, mechanics did. Uh, but we'll talk about that another week properly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just, I just wondered, because I, I, I started playing it, and I just went, this is very PS1. <laughs> um, and I know you've played a bit of it already. Um, and I just wanted to, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure you got it, because it looked right up your alley, so I'm hoping I was right. Well, I won't talk about it yet. <laughs> we'll cover it at another point. Okay, so what have you been playing that we are going to talk about? Well, you know, again, just to crack out the old joke, um, a little-known indie game, obviously, uh, as we normally do, that will probably only appeal to a very niche demographic, uh, which is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So, sorry, mm. The Legend of Zelda, The Tears of the Kingdom. Um, the one where you play as that Zelda That's the one, it, that yeah. Zelda character with the sword. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, as I, as I promised, uh, really, if I was going to talk about it, it'd only really be about my emotions. And, you know, any long-running franchise that you engage with, you, you tend to have an emotional c- kind of response to, whether it's a connection or a disconnection or whatever. And, um, yeah. yeah, I have a fairly funny history with Zelda, so I, I I didn't really get on with any of the 2D ones and I absolutely loved the Breath of the Wild. Like Breath of the Wild's my favourite Zelda by some considerable margin. Um and it was you know, it's because it gave you that sense of adventure without without it being a gigantic open world where it's like, here's everything. You know, just just do everything or you can't you know and then you find the constraints over time is more of a kind of like like you know a a japanese design philosophy of everything has its use everything has its purpose um and therefore there's going to have to be some restrictions and to to do that it means it's much more densely packed and a smaller area than something something more western and that is what a lot of people love about it, including myself, is that it feels like a real playground. It feels like a real adventure playground type space. It's like walking into, mm. you know, Six Flags or, or Epcot or, you know, Alton Towers in the UK. It's like going into an adventure park. Yeah, it's a, you know, yeah, you can recognisably see that it's part of the world, but at the same time, it's also a fantasy. It's also 
the best bits from the world that you want put close together and yeah it gives you a very strong emotional reaction when you connect with things like that and for me the reason why stuff like you know the, the first one that i really really loved was ocarina of time and because i feel that that's spiritually to use a bit of a wonky term spiritually very connected to breath of the wild and the reason that i didn't enjoy the wind waker which is such a shame because it's such a beautiful game to look at is because i felt it was too big and there was too much plodding and yeah but with these games it's just like yeah here's these different worlds all very close together each one brings joy in its own in its own way and i think all of the greats tend to do that to a degree um so like resident evil 4 which has also come back around again it's got these three very distinct sections that bring out different emotions in you so you've got your village you know you've got the castle and you've got the island and it's like it doesn't need to make any logical sense it just has to be a fun fantasy land to inhabit and yeah i recognize i'm just rambling on and on and on now so i'll try and get to some sort of point um so my point is that yes i made a very very strong emotional connection to breath of the wild and i loved every moment i never got bored in there and i put about 120 hours into it when you can do it in 40 tears of the kingdom i I kept bouncing off of like it was a rubber wall like right from the jump and the reason there was two reasons for that the first was that it felt and this is probably changes but I've put about four hours maybe five maybe even six into it and in that time it felt very empty it felt like a bit of a ghost world which is probably intentional and I was in the sky and I think you can you know spoiler alert right okay so spoilers on what i've on the beginning of the game and what i've played now um i'll mark them on the show notes that you start off in the sky on floating islands and you end up down in hyrule later on i have i didn't get off the sky island stuff and it they felt very empty very isolated you know kind of boring for me and that in itself not a problem work your way through it get to the point where it starts getting more populous but it has this thing where like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts where you you you're supposed to design and create things like you can do that in breath of the wild but that's kind of breaking the system in a good way breaking the system to create constructs whereas this is like oh we saw people Build mega penises. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is like we saw that people were doing that. We know that we can do that as Nintendo, so we're going to lean into it, and it's going to be about putting things together to solve problems. And for me, that is just like a pretty much an immediate nope, like nope out of there really mm. quickly. Um, I've got no interest in doing that. I've got no interest in in construction games um, and games that are primarily kind of physical problem solving i just it's too much cognition it's too much thought it's too much about trying to create a you know a solution to something in in the in a world and i don't want to do that as part of my gaming i have a strong emotional reaction against that you know and this sounds really silly but you know i'm just trying to trying to contextualize it for people a bit really because 
a lot of the time people just go I don't like that game or oh that game's shit or yeah I'm not even going to bother playing it because it's not my kind of thing and it's hard to sort of explain why but with, with Tears of the Kingdom everything that I played I was like what, one step forward two back so I was like oh this is this is lovely this is great this design's brilliant this sound effect's amazing this lighting this coloration this aesthetic choice is wonderful and then I'd be like I'm spending 10 minutes trying to figure out what to do with these bits and pieces I've got lying around with and yeah. I don't want to do that uh, I and yeah it had a really strong emotional reaction so so I sold it on because yeah maybe I'll look at it in future but it's unlikely I, I could I could access it and play it on my PC uh, I would have no moral compunction about doing that because I've paid full price for it and sold yep. it at a loss so I could yes. I could get it and I could play it again on a far better system um, but I'm not going to because the game doesn't appeal to me so that's where we are with it it's a real disappointment I'm really really thoroughly disappointed that I don't connect with it so yeah so you might be able, you, you probably will be able to correct me on the law of Zelda here the uh, the law of Hyrule am I right in thinking this is the first mainline Zelda game that is a direct or actual sequel to the previous one uh, well, the only one that's a direct sequel that could be considered that is Majora's Mask, um, which is a sequel to to Ocarina of Time. But, but they're still standalone. They are they? still standalone. Yeah, you don't have to have played the previous one. And Tears of the Kingdom. Although you don't need to here, although you can play this standalone, but it's a direct follow-on, isn't it? It is a direct follow-on. Yeah, I think it probably is the only direct follow-on as well because. Yeah, sorry, go on, because you have a point to... Sorry, yeah, yeah, so I think my point is, because I'm looking at it as a direct sequel, and I was done with Breath of the Wild two-thirds through, I think I said. I I didn't get to the end of Breath of the Wild, uh, which I'll come on to another point in a minute with that. Um, I'm not... Every Zelda game that's come out, every Legend of Zelda game, sorry, I've always been, I want to play this, I want to see what it's like, and I'm excited to play it. This is probably the first one where I've gone... If it's more the same, with some added bits, I'm not that bothered. And also, you're right, on the creative side of it, I'm not very... I, 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 I'm a, I've always been in a creative profession, like graphic design and web design and stuff like that. I can't be creative in video games. So, um, you mentioned uh, Nuts and Bolts, Magikazooie Nuts and Bolts, and, and things and Mario Maker and games like that. Um the actual creation side of that are what put me off the most. Yeah. They're brilliant, and I get the idea. Um, like the uh, Trials games, I think they're brilliant. But I don't want to be doing the creating. I want to see what other people have made. Yeah. Uh, Little Big Planet was another example. Yep. Um, Dreams, another example. I just didn't get on with the creation side of it because that's my job. So I didn't want to do that as a job. And I honestly, I struggle to be creative with stuff like that. Um which is is a shame, but it just didn't excite me. Um, and I know people turn around possibly, uh, like you say, you've only played five to six hours of the game and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. I've always been big on, you look, you don't need to complete a game to have an opinion on it, to review it, whatever. Um, you can play the minimal amount and have an opinion of it. Um, I am a big believer of to have a proper opinion you've got to at least tried the game on the whole which is why I'm not going to actually talk myself about that, the ins and outs of the game because I can't have an opinion on that but yeah for me it's the least excited I've been about a Zelda game 
ever. Uh, which is just really such a shame because it probably is, if you still all the tick boxes, wouldn't surprise me if it probably is the best Zelda game ever made. But it just doesn't excite me like others have in the past. Yeah, I mean, what excites me about it, even now, is the fact that they're doing something different. Um, You know, Mm. we talked about it last week uh, in episode 170 about, um, you know, sequels moving things on and being a a true sequel. Actually, not just the same thing again with, you know, new assets and, and, you know, a couple of differently skinned guns or whatever. And, yeah, it really does move it forward in a proper in a proper way um, that, you know, things like... Uh, well, Breath of the Wild moved things forward in, in the same way that Resident Evil 4 moved Resi forward and then Resident Evil 7 forward again. And this kind of is a continuation and a sequel at the same time. So it, it retains all the things that you wanted, I think, from Breath of the Wild and adds a ton more. Um, so I think everything that you did in Breath of the Wild is, is pretty much still in this game. It's just that the things that it, that add, added to it are not the direction that I'm interested in, and I've gone that way. Yeah. I've gone that way with Resident Evil. So like, um, I I love the third person, uh, you know, non fixed camera tank control game. So you know, four or five, uh, and some of the offshoots, and um, I love the originals. Um, I'm not a big fan of it in first person. So I I played them, but didn't really enjoy them that much. They're just not for me. And it doesn't mean they're not great games. And it doesn't mean that I don't want them to progress. And we talked about this as well in the past. Of like, yeah, it's great when things move on, as long as there's something that still is useful uh, for the for the people who preferred the old style. But, mm. you know, there are other companies that can do that. Uh, so let's hope they do. But yes, um, it's it's a funny one because the hope and expectation is so high and how much of it is you know should i be expecting that it to be something that i like and it's like well no i shouldn't really because that's a sense of entitlement so you know i i temper my expectations as much as i can and i i can feel sad but i don't feel like nintendo have done anything wrong to take it away from from what i enjoy oh yeah no it's to- totally that and i said like we're probably in the mind, very much in the minority on, on yeah. this as well. Yeah. You've tried it, didn't get on with all the new aspects. I'm just not that interested in it because it's more the same. I need different experiences or that experience, if it's going to be similar, to be shorter and it immediately grabbed me. So I've, I've recently started actually writing again, so happy to be writing again. And I covered, um, as of today, wrote it today actually, uh, Death or Treat, which is a... Uh, a 2D um, hack and slash in the vein of like Dead Cells and, and games like that. Bit Souls, bit Souls like Soulsvania maybe. Uh, but anyway, nice. it's um, it's in that, and there's nothing wrong with the game. There's nothing wrong with the game. Everything I look at, I go, it does this well, it does this well, it does this well, it does this well. It has beautiful animation. Except you got this little ghost character that is just eyes. Um, with a like a white sheet style ghost. Yeah. So much character within that character. Um, it's all there. But, ugh, I just can't, it's not even bland. I said like, I, I, I can't even accuse it of its ultimate sin being bland. Um, and, but I'd almost rather it was terrible so I could have a reason to not fall for it. 
And it's just, for me, is it in a an oversaturated market in a genre I like, so it's not doing anything new, and does it need to do that? Um, and I think that's the case. I think what I've always liked about the Zelda games is every new Zelda I've played has brought something new to the table. Now, it might not be new in video games, but it's new in a Zelda game, or it's done something that's been done previously, but iterated on it. And I think it's that, Almost, if there was a Zelda in between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I would have been all over this. Um, yet the only Zeldas we've had have either been not really Zelda games, there have been other games with a Zelda skin, or re-releases. I need another mainline Zelda game between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom to make me excited for Tears of the Kingdom. And it's that's that's, that's a me problem, not, not a Zelda problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting though. It, like, it is really interesting how we connect with things as individuals, um, especially as they t- the big ones that take up a lot of time. <laughs> you know, it's mm. it's it's an investment. It's like a proper investment. It's an emotional investment as well as a a logistical and time investment. And if you don't have that connection, and you can see why people like get so aerated about things. It doesn't mean that. that is justified to do it online but people do get aerated about it and get angry and, and rail and stuff because they've invested so much in the hope for that game um, and I think people do with Zelda because there have been a lot of kind of dis- comparative disappointments so like people were really really disappointed in Twilight Princess like massively disappointed in it there was controversy about how Wind Waker looked, which I thought was insane, but, but they they did. that. That's a fact. Uh, I don't like that fact, but it's a fact, and that harmed its sales. And, you know, Majora's Mask was a take-it-or-leave-it for a lot of people, um, and Skyward Sword was absolutely reviled by a great <laughs> number of people, and it demanded that yeah. you have, you know, an add-on that, uh. that was an add-on to an add-on that people didn't, a lot of people didn't like anyway. So... You know, you're talking over like 20 years. There's been a lot of... They're not missteps, but a lot of experimentation and a lot of things that even when they're like, oh, oh, we'll be safe and we'll release Twilight Princess and then people are like, no, don't like it. All right, well, we'll try really hard to be weird with Skyward Sword. No, don't like it. So, yeah, they really put themselves out there. Yeah, oh, no, totally. Um, As I said, you know, I will play this one day. um, But... I've only, my last time playing Breath of the Wild was only like 18 months ago. So I reckon, give give me five years and I'll give you coverage on what I actually thought of the <laughs> game, I reckon. Because yeah. I'll be ready then. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's great to get your input on it. And I think it's always good to hear, not counterpoints, because obviously you know there's something there. But it's good to know that there's other people out there where, even though it is likely to go down as one of the greatest games of all time um that you haven't got to be one of those who absolutely revere it and love it and consider it the best ever um you you don't have to at all yep exactly Uh, definitely that and also you know you can appreciate a game uh and you know sing its praises without personally liking it so yeah but moving on um, do you know I just told you how um, my problem is playing like creatively, like games that make you be creative um, to, uh, as part of the main gameplay function 
um, and having a bit of an issue with, same again, Zelda-y style games. Yes. Well, I've been playing Super Dungeon Maker, which is a a, a game for people who want to design their own uh, 2D Zelda dungeons, <laughs> essentially. Nice. Um, and it's brilliant. Um, it's absolutely wonderful, is all I can say about that. Um, again, it's like the main aspect of the game is to take you through, like very much in the way Super Mario Maker 2 does. It's got this overall game which teaches you how to build dungeons, but you play like this single player aspect to it as well, and it's all all pretty good. Uh, it, it's clearly there's other two D dungeon crawling style games out there that you can do, and, but you know, let's go two D Zelda. You know, we we all know where the influence comes from. Um, and I remember when I was younger and I was first, like you know. You'd sit there at school sometimes, couldn't be asked doing your work, so you design video games. And generally, they was either 2D Mario or Zelda Dungeons, essentially. <laughs> cool. um, drawn on bits of paper. This is essentially what this is. Um, it's Mario Maker, but for Zelda fans, that's not officially licensed by Nintendo. Um, and every part of it is brilliant. You like your main character is this little like roostery chicken character with a sword and a shield, um, who's really cute. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, the the creation tools are really good, really simple to use. You like you choose something, you drop it down where you want to do it. You can flesh out each level, each dungeon as you see fit, make it the size you want, throw in the enemies you want, all that kind of thing. Now. I've done a little bit of the tinkering and playing with it, not really doing much interesting because I am totally creatively bankrupt when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but it's really clever. So you can do things like you create like maybe like four or five different individual mini dungeons inside this like overworld that you create. Some might be done by doors, but you can create hidden levels um, with like cracks in walls, cracks that you can easily identify. Take note, Nintendo. Just going to say, always struggled finding <laughs> the cracks in walls in Zelda games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, so there's cracks in walls, you can find secret areas. All got everything you'd expect that you'd want in a dungeon builder, like to create your own. Um, and But what I really like about it is the community designs. Um, don't forget, get me wrong, there's the usual tripe where people have made their very first level and uploaded it. Uh, but once you get through that... There's loads of really fun and interesting levels designed by people who clearly know what they're doing that you get to play. And that's what I loved about Mario Maker. Um, it's what I loved about the Trials games before I mean, like before Ubisoft, well, not before they became, before everyone knew Ubisoft were the worst of the worst. Used to love that in the Trials games. It's really good here. Um, you know, they claim there's endless possibilities. And to be honest... Apart from the identikit levels or the people that have tried recreating existing levels that are out there, when you go and look for the levels that are made by people who really care about what they're doing, I don't think I've played the same sort of dungeon more than once or twice. So the possibilities are almost endless there. And you're just going to be limited by people's creativity. And yeah, I absolutely adore this game. Um, works brilliantly out the box on the steam deck so far i've not noticed any issues um it's got full controller support um some small text issues maybe um but aside from that i yeah I, i'm finding it absolutely a joy to play it's beautifully colored beautifully animated in places lovely characters um, and i can't wait to see what 
if, if this becomes bigger, what the community do with it because there's some brilliant stuff in here. So what what's the um what's the deal with playing the community levels? Like, do you can you be? Do you just have to beat them? Do you get any kind of rewards yeah. for doing it? Do you have? No, no, no. Not, not, not really. So the same way like in Mario Maker where it's people just uploaded levels and you just go and beat them. Right. Um, and that's it. There's no progression system on this side of it. So it's no, uh, you know, you have to unlock this to then play these next levels. You just, you play the level, you beat the level, move on. Okay, yeah. Which I like. I, I, I kind of like that idea. It's some dungeon type games like zelda type games i love doing the oh you found this new area complete the puzzles in this little dungeon area and i then get bored of the overworld well this is not this kind of gets rid of the overworld i just go here's the interesting bits um and instead of us doing it and they do make them own don't get me wrong they've not just gone oh here's a sandbox you go and do it with we, you know we're done um they've actually made a game um, first and foremost, and they just basically given their tools to the community, um, but simplified the tools to make it really easy, like Mario Maker does. And I'm all for games doing this. Um, I don't have to be creative. Um, the, the the one thing I would argue, I would like to see a two tier pricing system or a two tier version of this game. One that is maybe for the creatives that get all the tools, everything. And then something for someone like me, which is just the go and play stuff. Um, I get why it's all in one package. These are indie, but I I feel like at times I'm missing out by not being very good at the creative stuff and not creating stuff myself. Um, and I, Or when you load the game up, going, what do you want to do? Do you want to be creative or do you just want to play? And then tailor that UI to, that, to what you want. Um, that's the only criticism I would really have of it because apart from that, yeah, this is this is brilliant. This is this is absolutely studied in every way possible. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's a funny balance to get. I, uh, uh, yeah, I played Little Big Planet and Mario Maker, and uh, yeah, like you, wouldn't ever bother touching the creation side of it. But the playing side of it, very odd, very strange experience, particularly with Mario Maker. Because they did that thing which I thought was really clever, or at least in in theory it was, I don't think in practice it worked, of you can set yourself, a, uh, you can go, right, I want to play 20 levels, and that's a game. And it will pick the highest rated levels and create a game for you from them. Um, uh, it might have been Mario Maker 2, but I can't remember. But anyway... Yeah. It, it, yeah, you could, it, you know, it would go, oh, okay, well, we'll do it so that you can do that and feel a sense of accomplishment rather than just randomly picking out levels that you want to play. But the thing is that the, the, the problem always seems to be curating those levels and making them the right thing because it's like the type of people who create the Mario levels are the type of people who've got so good at the ones that exist that they want to make something that they themselves can't beat. Or at least can't be. Yeah, with... they want to make a Geico style. Yeah, um, that Kaizo kind of. Yeah. you know. Kaizo, so Geico, what's that? That's an insurance company. Isn't <laughs> yeah, ignore me. That's right. Uh, yeah, they want to make one of those <laughs> Kaizo style thing, and there were a few that were that were along the lines of Nintendo's output, but not many, not many, mm. because there's a real genius to them. Um, and you don't expect that level of genius, but you want there to be a flow. 
and you want them to be funny and uh, to be fun sorry and there were very few that were just kind of aimed at being fun they were either mm. too easy and and they were fun but they were too easy because they were just playing around or they were too professional and too yeah well you've got to dedicate your time look at how clever i am um so yeah i don't really know what point i'm making other than <laughs> no no i i get you but w- this is I, what i can alleviate with this is this is approachable um it doesn't require any you can create levels without being a good level creator that is i think important if you could create a level without being a good level creator, you've done your job. You've made the tools completely accessible. But it doesn't. I don't imagine it's going to frustrate those who are good at creating levels and need everything in there. It doesn't feel like it's like going, ah, oh, we've got to make it accessible to plebs like Brad uh, because they haven't got a clue what they're doing or can't be creative. So screw you if you're good at it. But it's also not going, hey, Brad, you may be a pleb, so you're not even getting to play with this. Um, it, it seems to have managed to find that balance where it's accessible, but so in-depth that you get different kinds of things. And don't get me wrong, there is some bog-standard rubbish out there. Um, I've even uploaded something that's bog-standard rubbish just to see what, what the process was like. Um, don't play it. It's just a couple of bits. Um, but then I say, generally, I've not had a difficult time finding something really interesting to play. And that's the important thing. Um, I remember on trials, you had to wade through utter dog crap to find something even half playable. That's not really been an issue here. So, yeah. Really, really, really good game um, for those who want to be creative and for those that want to just play some fun dungeons. Fungeons. Fungeons. And it is 16 quid. But, yeah, I recommend it. Okay. Um, I absolutely recommend it at that price. Um, there's, there's, there's loads there. Um, others might not um, want it. Um but I, I, I absolutely adore it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Cool. Well, that kind of neat, neatly fits into a bit of news. Have you seen that some games on Steam now have a like one and a half hour window where you can play them for free? Yes. I have seen that, starting with Dead Space. Correct. Which, of course, I won't be doing because I'm not giving EA the engagement. But <laughs> um, I think it's a really good idea. Um, I don't know where it's going to stand from a from a hacking standpoint because it, it you know it, it doesn't mean you have all the local files um but anyway not even worrying about that it's so so easy to pirate pc games anyway if you really wanted to so well I, uh, used to be i'm not sure it is so much anymore um especially denuvo i think is very difficult to crack um uh, there's a lot out there now i i, I had a look i um I might have tried to get hold of a certain maybe a movie for Edith to look to, to look at to watch because she really wants to watch it and I can't afford to go to the cinema. Um, and already on there, and I was tempted just to have a look. Is Humanity, and that only came out a couple of days ago. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's more the triple A's that are that are hard to um, to crack. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think it's good. Anything that makes it easier for people to try a game, I think means they're less likely to want to. To, to nick it essentially I always think that um, yeah 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 I, I I pirate less music 
and pirate less films and TV now because it's easier to get them um, than I did in the past when it was more difficult to get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just, just want to point out because it's easier to consume my content. That's all everyone wants. And now you don't have to wait. And the like times I would crap, like steal a game or download a car or whatever was because um, I had to wait six months for me to be able to get it legally. I didn't want to wait six months. I want it now. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's pretty much gone on the whole. So, yeah, I'm more than happy to pay. Um, and it's simple as that. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, if, you, if you're if you done with a game inside an hour and a half and you don't buy it, and that tells the creator, right, what do we need to do? Um, what I will caveat that, that with... I hope they don't try and do it as a wide net thing and say, oh, if your game's only an hour and a half long, tough luck to you. Uh, because that wouldn't be fair because I've played some brilliant games that are only an hour and a half long and I'm paid for them and I'm willing to pay for them because they're great. But again, if I know I can finish a game in a demo time, essentially, then I'm not going to say no to that at the same time. So they've got to get it right. Whatever they're doing, they've got to get that right. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting what you said about, uh, you know, feedback to the developers about uh, engagement and stuff. That that's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, what I'd like to see is them take their, their takeaway from this is, you know, can we offer this uh, as a streaming service so that people don't have to download it? Um, yeah, and also that's what always streaming services. That's what they should always have gone to. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. is that that's the perfect use case for them. It is. Playing while you're downloading or playing that first bit of a game. Yeah. And it's really much easier to control um, the, the local host. Uh, yes. Then you can just download a component like assets and then, you yeah. know, or download engine components and then streaming assets, which is, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see more demos and a re- revived demo scene come out of it, maybe, because they're so useful for people and, you know, yeah. Weird to think, isn't it, that it's the PC market where demos are thriving, though, thanks to, like, NextFest and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. This is a quick one I want to talk about, actually, because I've had it sitting here for a short while now, um, and it's kind of enamoured me, uh, but I've not played enough of it, and I'm not going to be able to play enough of it in the next week to really sort of like, give it the attention it deserves. Uh, but I don't want this to pass anyone by. Um, but... I've been playing Tin Hearts on the Steam Deck. Uh, just to point out, brilliant on the Steam Deck, runs brilliantly, bloody 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 blah. That's all you need to know on that side of it. Um, but it's called Tin Hearts, and it's very much Lemons inspired with, um, I suppose, a little hit of uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong March and the Minis type thing in there as well. I don't think I've ever even um, heard of that one. <laughs> Mayo versus Donkey Kong, March of the Minis. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh it's a yeah. Game Boy DS game. Uh, puzzle game. Oh, get on that, Stu. Wow. If you've got any way of playing DS games, whether it's legal or not, it's Nintendo, so it don't matter <laughs> if it's legal or not. Um, get on it. It's really good. I like those. All oh, right, interesting. Um, but Tin Hearts, it, yeah, it's a lemon-inspired, off-to-the-side puzzle game where you've got these little wide up tin soldiers as the as the characters um, and you basically go through these these really cool colorful 3d 
levels, like in these workshops and things. So you play these small characters. Always my favourite aesthetic. I think it's one I love. You're a small character, but the real world is big, even though, like, you know, like books are massive to the character, but in our world, they'll be normal size kind of thing. You know that, yeah. Honey, I tried the kids style type thing, yeah. Uh, But yeah, basically, you take... It's Lemony's Mifing where you create the route for the Tin Soldiers to go through. Um, and they, they just follow this path because they're like, they're wide up and they can only follow a single, like the path they're on and you create the route. Um, and it's, but it's taken the Lemmings idea and it's one that I've never seen iterated on enough and iterates on it. It, it has done, it's as though Lemmings has been evolved over the years and this is where it's got to. But for some reason, we've just ignored 30 years of Lemmings evolution um, to get to this point. And yeah, it's it's really, really good. Um, it's like, yeah, these little tin soldier things are really cute. Really, really cute. The levels are just full of colours. The puzzles are, are really, really well done. Um, you know, I've played maybe about 15 levels or so. And I believe there's like 50 odd, maybe. Um, yeah. But each one is... Not overly lot of complex that you just like Jesus Christ, it's it's doing my head in, but not so short that you feel like you're not getting a game out of it. It's so well balanced, and there's a story behind it. Uh, because who knew Lemon style games needed a story, but there's a story and it works. Um and it's set in Victorian times. There's not really anything modern in there, everything is kind of of era. Um, so it's all mechanical based and the physics based stuff is like not over the top in any way, shape or form. Like I think like one of the most modern things you got in there is like a balloon. Um, <laughs> but it's, but yeah, it's, it's just, oh, it, it's brilliant. And it, it's not, Lemmings sometimes felt restrictive in terms of you've got to do it in a certain way to get to the end. This feels like it's got a bit more, open this to it. it allows you to be that bit more free thinking in what you want to do and how you want to solve but not open world that it's you can break the game so it, there's limitations in there that guide you but it feels like maybe there's five six seven eight solutions to every little bit that you can maybe do um and oh yeah it's just it's lovely it's time manipulation in there as well which works really well and i've only just really come to some of the time manipulation stuff but it works <coughs> really well and it doesn't feel out of place um beautiful soundtrack as well really heartwarming um and i think that's how they, they even put it in the uh, i don't want to sound like i'm shitting for them or doing corporate speak for them but they said it's like music to warm the heart and it's the best way i could put it um, it's like the person who done the soundtrack, according to their gump, was he done uh, uh, stuff for like Joker, Chernobyl, Bridgerton as well. So, you know, you've got someone who, who knows how to do soundtracks in there. Um, and yeah, I really, 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 really like it. Um, and the other thing, it's former um, Lionhead people. Oh, um, really? So it's Lionhead people without obviously uh, Peter Molyneux making false promises and sort of like making them do stuff that's never going to happen. Okay, look, this is what we can do when we're allowed to do our own thing. Uh, hasn't been talked about much. It's not been sort of like over-promised on. And it's wonderful. It is simply, simply wonderful. 
Um, such a heart will be game and I love a puzzle game as it is and it makes you think it's not overly difficult it doesn't make you feel stupid uh, visuals are brilliant the soundtrack's brilliant everything's brilliant plating hearts wow yeah very cool yeah I mean I, I don't know what, why we're suddenly into the, the era of Lemmings style games but with this and humanity it sounds like we're it's making a major comeback and I really want to get humanity I, I know that like this is this is the this is the thing. This is why it's important, right? About the, the tears of the kingdom thing and humanity and everything. Um, I don't. I know I'm not going to enjoy humanity because I don't enjoy lemmings. <laughs> what? I'm still going to buy it because I want to be part of that experience. You know, I, mm. I want to experience something new. I want to see something new. I, I there's always the chance that I I will connect with it. You know, that I'll glom to it and that I'll enjoy it. It's it's a very outside chance, like you know, any of those individual like group control games, like Wonderful One Hundred One or Pikmin or anything like that. Never like never really got on with them, and you know, individual controlling a mass kind of games like Lemmings. Never really got on with them, but I'm still gonna give them a go because I I just appreciate them so much, and even if I can get like half an hour's fun out of them, I feel like rewarding them for doing it. Hmm. Uh, you lost me after you said you didn't like lemmings. <laughs> you know, I probably lost everybody at that point. I I, I switched off. Um, yeah. It was my that was probably my first experience of logically thinking in a video game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I know other games had that in terms of like they they disguised it, but it was probably the first time I played a game that went right. You've got to get from here to here. How are you going to do it? And it's the one thing that I think really... Obviously, knowing now I'm ADHD and there's autism there as well. I think it's the first time a game really spoke to me and spelled out, you've got to get from here to here. Here are your tools. How are you going to do it? And it, that speaks to me in a certain way. Yeah. We'll cover that another time, I think, because I think it's interesting how how you approach a game can have an effect on the sort of person that's playing it. Definitely, it really can. It really can. And I try and uh, approach as much as I can with an open mind and... You know the the biggest barrier is 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 always money, and then secondary mm. to that is time, and, and only mm-hmm. third to that is interest. Because given infinite time and infinite money, or even infinite one of either of those things, I I would play everything with an open mind. Yes. You know, I, honestly, I really would, um, because I, I you know you can find genius in stuff that you know. That you, that you didn't think that you would like so I, I really do when I, when it converges and I'm like okay that's a really great idea but it might not be for me but I appreciate it and want to reward the developers then I sometimes commit money to it even though I'm probably going to give it five minutes and then not bother again yeah I, I, to- I totally get where, where you're coming from that because I, I've played games like I've got so many games sitting in my Steam library where I've played 20 minutes, half hour, whatever. Um, and I've gone, I'll go back to that one day. But I've wanted to make sure I've supported that game because I want to see more of that sort of game. I want to see them succeed. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to do that. And, you know, I've got... Um, 
like one I picked up recently. What did I pick up recently? I can't remember what it is, but I want to see. It. Like I, I got it and I've played five minutes of it, but I I want the game to come like to see more people. I want to try and improve on that game moving forward and try try what can they do next with it. And yeah, I think it's sometimes it's okay just to support something. And you know, I think especially indie indie developers to show look this game isn't for me, but well done you let's let's get more of these out there i think that's fine sometimes if you can if you've got the money to do that um yeah. just what i will say to God, don't they're the sort of games don't pirate the fuck out of those games oh, pirate the fuck out of ubisoft and ea and microsoft and nintendo and activision and all those because they don't even need the money it's not even about the what you buy in their games matters not to their bottom line um, and their games are broken anyway, so screw them. Yeah, the state of AAA is absolutely desperate. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I, I really do like doing that to support them. I, as I mentioned, I think, maybe not on the podcast, maybe privately with you, but yeah, I treat a lot of these things like Kickstarters in that I yes. just want them to, I want those people to succeed. And if if you hear, of the one of the biggest heartbreaks is hearing somebody go, or you know, a, a news outlet say this game is absolutely amazing. This game that came out last year was amazing. It didn't sell, and it, uh, you, like mm. your heart just breaks for them because it's like, well, what you know, what else are you supposed to do? You know, you you do all you put all this effort and time and consideration into making something wonderful, and then nobody engages with it, and it's just like, yeah, I, and obviously I can't save the world, <laughs> you know, but no. you know, and you should never get like a, a martyr complex or a Jesus complex about it, but you, if you feel that you can help by contributing, and you, you're in a position to do that, then do it, and I often think, you know, it's my offset for not giving, oh so many companies I don't give money to Activision, EA, Ubisoft there are so many companies who if they weren't horrors, I would buy their games. I don't. So yep. I'm like, yep, there you go. I've got a pool of money. Part of that that I would have spent, I'm going to spend that on a on a risky risky project. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned about games, like it's horrible to hear when you hear developers like, oh, you see a review come out, says like, oh, this game's really good, but no one bought it. Um, and then it just doesn't find the audience. So uh, a few years, a couple of years ago, I played a game called Golftopia. Yeah. Uh, which was a, a yep yeah, an absolutely brilliant golf building management sim type thing, which I absolutely adored. Uh, and I think I said at the time it was early access, and I've played it, really enjoyed it, and I'm going to sit on it until it hits its 1.0 release or whatever. <coughs> uh, what's a real shame now is here that um, it's basically not got the numbers, and from what I've heard. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to say this is like absolutely happened, but it's the developers now abandoning it because it's just not pulling in the numbers, which is a shame because it's an absolutely outstanding game um, that deserved an audience but never got it. Um, yeah. And yet EA are making another, yet another PGA golf game that's by all accounts and purposes bland, but it's sending stupidly well. Um, so yeah, you know, sometimes they go, What is the incentive to actually try? Um, yeah. thankfully, there's enough people who do it for the passion. I just want to make the game they want that people will always still try. But sometimes you look at it and go, I get why you've abandoned, I'm disappointed, but I get it. Um, yeah. you know, if you've got seven quid spare, right? I'm gonna say this to everyone listening now if you've got seven quid spare. 
right, before it possibly disappears completely, hopefully it never will. It's 50% off at the moment on Steam until the 22nd of May, so you've got a week-ish to go and get it, probably less than that by the time this goes out, a few days. £7.74, sorry. Go pick up Golftopia. Um, give the developer, if this is going to be the end of Golftopia for them, just show them a bit of love, a bit of support, because it's a brilliant game that deserves much more of an audience than it got. Um, yeah. I don't know where else to go with no, that. No, no, really. that's great. Yeah, no, that, uh, that um that that really sums it up. Um, I've just added it to my cart on Steam. I'm going to give them the money. Excellent, yeah. brilliant. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Once you play it a bit, let me know your thoughts on it as well, because it would be great to hear. Because uh, you know, I I I I'm going to boot it up again uh, ne- uh, next week and play it again because I've not played it for about four or five months. Um, so I'm gonna oh I'm gonna jump back in have it. I've got, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, well, I was just... The only reason I haven't clicked buy yet is because I'm not sure whether to buy it for myself or to, to gift it to somebody. <laughs> um, so I, I might gift it to somebody. But if if I if I okay. do, I'll play the demo and, and tell you what I thought based on the demo. There is a demo, isn't there? There is. On this as well. Which is a great yes. idea. So, yes, as we've already said, demos are great. Yep. Anyway, we don't just buy video games and sell video games across Steam and steal them off of... Uh, off of certain pirate bay sites or anything like that sometimes you have stuff you need to get rid of yourself and i know you're having well you're doing a lot of selling and stuff at the moment to get ready for your move and it's not all fun and games is it Stu? no it's not and it it really it's really upset me <laughs> probably disproportionately because i'm in a stressful kind of place anyway with with moving um useful tip just for everybody for humanity <laughs> just to, is that all change is stressful because it's your brain rewiring itself and it looks for things and it finds that they're not there and that produces a stress response. So even a positive move like a new job or a new house causes stress just to let you know so that you don't feel guilty about feeling stressed about stuff. Um, so I'm already in a kind of stressful place anyway and getting getting rid of stuff, particularly games hardware, but also you know less so software, but games hardware, is a very stressful experience because you like you want it to go to people who are going to appreciate it, but the experience I get back from it very often is they want it to perform as if it's brand new is one of the things. They mm. want to want it to exist as if it's in a perfect state. The level of questions that you have to answer about how it operates, despite the fact you're selling it at a price that, that reflects how old and potentially decrepit it is, is vast which takes up a lot of mental resources and time and you you get a lot of requests for aftercare and after questions for stuff yeah which a load of this stuff is just not i mean okay if i was selling you a you know let's say a neo geo say i was selling you a neo geo they cost more now than they cost on release or potentially you know with games I would expect people to be really, really asking every little detail. When I'm selling you a bad old console for, you know, that that people sell on eBay for like 50 quid and I'm asking for 30, I pretty much just want that money in my bank account right away and to send it to you. I don't owe you anything more than that. And I'm getting stuck when I'm trying to sell these things, which is just to benefit other people and not to benefit me. Very rarely like covering even what I paid for them in the first place to get people moaning and whining and challenge you on cost challenging you on 
uh, questions and on after sales. I it, honestly, I'm at the stage now where unless it's going to cost me too much financially, I'm giving stuff away. I'm just going. Oh, I know this person will appreciate it. I'm going to give it to them mm. because it's 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 more stressful to try and get money from them than it is to just give them away. Yeah, no, I, you know, you're you're wonderful for that. I know you've you've done that for me and my family in the past. I, my kids still play the PlayStation that you gave us. Um, they absolutely love that um, and stuff. But yeah, you remind me of um, like a couple of Christmases ago. I had a PlayStation VR and I got rid of the VR um, for 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 whatever reason. But I I wasn't using it. I tried to set it up on the PC. But because I tried to set up on the PC, I had a spare um, breakout box, is it, that you need for it? Yeah. Um, I had a spare breakout box with the wires and stuff. Um, and there was like, I, I put it up on sale, said it's just a breakout box. Um, and I said to me, it was on Facebook Marketplace, got it for sale. Um, I had it on for like 40 quid or something like that. And someone got in contact and went, I bought my kid um, a uh, PlayStation VR for Christmas and it doesn't come with all the bits it needs. Um and I can't really afford like 40 quid, but I want to do that. I said, do you know what? Call it 20. I was willing to go down to nothing, but I went, call it 20 quid. Um, if you want, come get it on Christmas Day. It was Christmas Day. She messaged me, sorry, saying, oh, no, got this. That's got all the bits. She saw that we said it. I said, 20 quid, come down. Christmas Day, it's yours. Okay? Well, you know, don't worry about it. 20 quid's what you got. That's fine. Um, and to be honest, she got here and I assisted. I went, I oh, don't worry about it. She went, no, no, take the 20 quid, whatever. For weeks afterwards, oh, um, you didn't provide the wires. Yeah, but it doesn't come with the wires. Oh. Yeah, but we need the wires. Right, okay. Right, I tell you what, I've got some spare wires. Come and get, if you come back, you can have the wires. Well, no, I can't come back. It's like a, it's an hour long drive. Well, you need them. All right, I'll send them. I don't mind sending them. Uh, oh, now it doesn't work. It doesn't work, or he's having these issues. It's it's not my fault. I gave you giving you the bit, but she went on and on and on and on to the point where I was. I didn't just give the money back. I went, just take your money back and leave me alone. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. <laughs> just take your money back, leave me alone. Keep the bloody thing. Someone else can help you. I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional. Um, it's not my job to do that. Uh, yeah, it do, it does bug me that stuff. Yeah. Um, if you get stuff, you just appreciate it, or you know what you're buying. Um, I get why you get so many people now put soldiers seen, no refunds. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, there's a, it's it's a creeping sense of entitlement that if you if you mm. buy a product, it has to operate perfectly, and if it doesn't, you should be able to immediately send it back for a refund, no questions asked. And it's just like, no, that's not how the world operates. You might have got that impression because of the way that Amazon operates. But that's not how the rest yeah. of the world operates. And, you know, it really has come to the stage now where I'm like, it, it's going to change how I buy things in the future. You know, I, I, I'm not going to buy things, physical old equipment, and that I think I might be like, oh, yeah, no, I'll play with it for a while, mess around with it for a touch, you know, improve it maybe, get it cleaned up with the intention of using it for a while and then selling it. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be like, I'll buy stuff for myself. Um, I'll keep it for myself. If I don't want it, I'm going to give it away. You know, I'm going to. Yeah. It's going to be given away, and uh, and that's it. So yeah, unfortunately, that's that's what happens. That's what happens when people, you know, ruin your faith in humanity. Yeah, and do you know what? Anyone who does all this buying and to sell and flipping and stuff like that, I don't know how they do it. 
I, I, I don't get how people could do that as a oh, career, for, buying yeah. and flipping to, stuff. You mean to um to sell at a profit? Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, I, I, one, I can't be asked. Every now and again we go to a boot sale at a charity shop and I look at stuff and go, Oh, that's quite cheap. I probably could sell that for a profit and I'd be like, but I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know. And I'm like, it's oh it's too much thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it's if it doesn't sell within five minutes, I drop the price. I, I'm my own worst enemy because then people like people probably see that I drop my prices quite quickly when I sell stuff on the forum. They go, ah, we'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cheaper in the five minutes. Yeah, because um, I I don't sell things because I want to sell things. I generally sell things because I need to sell things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll go on to the, you know we can talk forever. We won't talk forever about well, don't buy new things. Stop buying the. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. It's ADHD. I I don't want money. I, I can't save money. I find it very difficult to save money yeah. um, when there's shiny things. Um, so I buy, I generally buy stuff and sell it. And, uh, and But I, I, I always sell it a lot. So I don't think I've ever made massive profit on anything bar Cooler World, which I bought for 60p and sold for well over 60 quid. But <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Um, I still can't believe that. It was amazing. But, you know, I, I I generally give I get like you. Know, I'll give stuff away. Um, I like some, um, I won't mention names, but someone on the Discord server, I've given them a PlayStation Vita because um, I had two. I was using both, but I thought I don't need to. That person really needed wanted a PlayStation Vita, so take my PlayStation Vita. I'd rather see people happy than make money myself, which is why I'm probably always poor. Um, uh, yeah, it's selling is weird, especially when people get entitled. It's it's the worst. But it's not the worst. I mean, because there's lots of things that are much worse. But in terms of first world problems, in that particular issue, it's the worst. It is. It, uh, yeah, first world problem. But even so, yeah, yeah. And when you flip, like when I you know put a lot of time and effort into repairs and then sell things still way under market rate. And it's not, mm. you know, there's there's no appreciation there. It's just like, well, I won't do that for you again, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, oh well. No. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, sod those people. If yeah, if you do, this 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 is the best. Bit. If you do get something off someone, just appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I don't get me wrong. If you sold someone something and it was broken, that's fine. You know what? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That is absolutely fine. As long as you're not doing a, the whole swappy thing. If something's generally broken or not what you thought it was, that's fine. Technical support, that's on you, mate. I know, right? <laughs> it should be. Yeah. Ugh, um, anyway. But, yeah. But, yeah. Um, aside from that, but... When do you actually... Have you... So, right, look, finish on a good note. Your new place. When are you actually in there? Still not sure yet. There, there's still stuff going on, okay. but um, hopefully not too long, because there's only one thing that's a bit of a blocker. And it's not on our side, so it should be fairly soon. Good. I'm still excited for that. Really excited. We went down Excellent. last weekend, so we've been down the last couple of weekends to be around the area. Uh, just so amazing. And like, as you know, like we're really into wildlife, and we, there's a, a little a, a reserve on the beach for little terns, for migrating and nesting little terns. <gasps> and they're, you know, they're yeah, endangered, and it's a, a sanctuary for them. And we yeah, went down there, saw all the little terns. Got sunburned. It was fantastic. Well, as you go down to South Fed, you see lots of little turds. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's my cue in it, Stu, really. I think I'll shut up now. Yeah, so 
As usual, follow us on all the socials. Make sure that you visit the website, engage with the content, especially the new stuff that Brad's written. I haven't even done that yet. I haven't had a chance, but I'm looking forward to it. And join our Discord if you want to chat about any subject under the sun. In the meantime, enjoy your week and stay safe and stay sane.